private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private Can number. Can you hear him? Oh, yeah. And consent to this recorded call, press 1. To repeat, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Hey, Chris. Hey. How's it going? I'm good. Let's see if Crystal can hear you. Can you hear Crystal? I can hear just fine. Hopefully they'll allow this. Okay, let's try it. All right. Can can Chris hear me? Can you hear Crystal? Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Cool. First of all, happy holidays and how are you, sir? Hey, same to you. I'm good, thank you. How is uh how's your vacation? You know, it was okay. I mean, I did a lot of thinking about you because I left for vacation from, you know, I stayed on the Queen Mary out there and met up with Mike, your main investigator. And I just, he and I can't stop talking when we start talking about your situation. And so I just wanted to give you the happy holiday from him as well. And by the way, Stacy from Mike, uh, he wants a double X shirt and will pay you like whenever, okay, however. Yeah. So I'll get that for you. We got that out of the way, and it was great to meet Mike Konzaki. As you've always said, he's one of the good cops out there. Uh, not all cops are bad, and it's it's hard because what happens is uh, when, when bad things happen around police officers, they all get lumped in. And I think I learned the expression from you, Kit, uh, something like, you know, one bad apple, you know, is, is all it really takes. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you get, you get one, one lying cop, and... Uh you know, one cop that plants evidence or, you know, something like that, and it, it, it changes everybody. It is the same in the Army. You used to call it the strategic corporal. Yeah. Or specialist. You know, you get, you get a soldier out there, and, he, you know, he does something dumb on camera or says something bad on camera, you know, and then everybody else is, is kind of held accountable for that, you know, in the media. Hey, let's talk about right now what we are really kind of hanging on to is I know it's a long shot and I've been calling it the Hail Mary pass, the reconsideration from the Kentucky Supreme Court. And you've put a lot of this down. I mean, we've just done a lot of talking, not only over the phone, but you and I email back and forth. And some of the things that are sticking with me is what I wanted to talk with you about today, if that's okay with you, Stacey. Absolutely. All right, I want to dig right into this, because Stacey and I kind of went over this earlier, and she has a lot to say about some of this as well. We want to talk about how hearsay was allowed because of the alt-perp, but the alt-perp was allowed to plead the fifth. Now, just saying that may mean nothing to know. No one, but Stacy, why don't you? Can you kind of explain what that means? What I understood that to mean was, um, in the defense, Joan Harmon was named as an alternative suspect. Is the way that I understand that, um, which is for obvious reasons. So, from what I understood, and as, as Chris had or Kit had mentioned earlier in our last episode, that. <sighs> You know, when someone else, that it's a lot of legal terminology when you file any kind of, or when attorneys file a petition, but from common or layman uh, language, basically it means the defense used the strategy that there was an alternative suspect, and so therefore they use that as a reason, from what I understand, to allow hearsay which I don't understand. Is that what you got from it, Chris? Kind of, yeah. So she was never charged, though. So it hasn't been yet. So the ability to, to use the you know the plead the fifth and not answer, you know that that doesn't make sense. And then, of course, the jury's none of that because the the judge didn't allow it to happen in front of the jury. So they were totally clueless about all that. Going on. You know, and 
I'm, you know, hearsay is not supposed to be allowed. You know, but if you're going to allow it, at least allow it for both sides, the prosecution and the defense. Absolutely. You know, in the in the trial, it was obvious that, you know, it was all the hearsay the prosecution wanted to admit was allowed. But when the defense wanted to just get in some minor statements that people have said, that was shut down. Like all the hearings leading up to the trial, it was all very one-sided. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I have a question. And Crystal, we talked about this earlier. And, and Kent, you may be able to shed some light on this. Throughout the trial, we kept hearing the name Joan Harmon, Joan Harmon. But I do not remember once in the trial Elijah being named as a um, suspect. Am I right about that? Yeah. Uh, he, as far as I know, yeah, he was never never brought up. Uh, but, of course, he was given the same uh, plea to fifth privileges, you know, outside of the jury. Um, you know, but, you know, we know... You know, uh, the evidence shows it's pretty obvious that since his, his mother had the phone, that the victim's phone, it was tracked to her house. Yeah, right. I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you, Chris, but let's not name him. He wasn't named in a trial. And that is that is my point, is he was of age. He had a separate attorney than Joan had. So even if she was given that opportunity to plead the fifth because of some preceding case, why would that apply to him? Because he wasn't named as an alternate suspect. He had his separate attorney. So you couldn't group those two together. So why did he not have to testify? That is the question that I have. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not a lawyer. And that, it, I don't think it made sense to the lawyers either. What was weird in the trial, too, was that both the prosecution and the defense wanted Joan uh, to testify. And uh, originally the, the judge was going to allow it. And then at the last second, he reversed himself and, and shot you know, both sides down, which it was just kind of weird. So, um, you know, that, that's the way it worked out. Okay, so the alt perp here, as they call it in the, you know, actual Supreme Court uh, in document that I saw, alt perp is the word that they're using. So if Joni is the alt perp, right, um, how are, I mean, how, did you ever say or do anything to get Cal or Pam mad at you, Kit? I mean, I'm just wondering why they feared you so much. That, that had to be planted in their heads by somebody else because I, I'd had no contact with them uh, for three and a half years. I, I had met them when we first moved there. They invited us to a festival that Joe and I attended, you know, when I thought Joe was actually my wife. And then... Um, that was about it, you know. Then after that, I went and shot, you know, did some target shooting in his backyard. And Joan later on did a uh, concealed weapons class with him and uh, with Ed and some other people in his backyard. So wow. Um, but after that, I didn't really have much contact with him. And he was uh, he was coming over a lot. He tried to talk to me a lot. He'd, he'd always kind of say the same things. It was it was kind of I got a really weird vibe off of him. And then uh, you know I saw that he had some stuff that he shouldn't have had. And I just kind of broke contact with him. And I just tried not to have anything to do with him. He was, he was kind of known in town as, as kind of the weird guy, you know, and, and the people make jokes out of all time. And when I, when I first heard that, even at church, I was, I was actually pretty offended because he was a veteran. Yeah. In this country, you know, and, and I thought that was uh, inappropriate. And I kind of defended him, but you know, as I hung around him, I, I saw things that, um, you know, I just I didn't agree with. And I just, chose not to be around him anymore. So, you know, I had had very little contact with him, uh, even less with Pam, you know, and of yeah. course, Ed, I saw every once in a while, he was kind of a friend, but 
he lived half the time in uh, in another town and only uh, part of the time in in Pembroke uh, Copeland. Crystal, if you don't mind, I, I want to take that a step further. As uh, Kit said, someone planted that fear in their mind, I believe. If that fear existed, if those statements were made that were hearsay, you know, because, again, we know that was hearsay. But if you remember on a previous episode that we did, the patterns of Joan, you know, first she accuses, and I'll go through this quickly, but she accuses her own father she goes to um, Child Protective Services at 14 or 15 years old and said he was molesting and abusing her. Right. Then she goes to Michael Adkins, Elijah's father, and when they're done, she runs to Carlos Guerra and says that Michael's abusing her. And then she comes to what I can speak to and Chris can speak to, and she comes to Chris, meets him, and she's all of a sudden, Carlos Guerra is this horrible person abusing her, molesting her, won't let her children brush their teeth. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, you know, she had Kit and most of us convinced that Carlos was trying to harm her. So I feel certain that it only makes sense. She went to Calvin and Pam and tried to convince them that there was reason to fear Kit, as Absolutely. she had done in all her other situations. You know that's exactly how it went down. It's just in my opinion. I know it's just in your opinion, and this is all for content and educational purposes only, of course. But uh, you couldn't have said any more of the truth there, my girl. Well, Kit, is that what you think probably happened? I mean... Yeah, you know, in the same life that uh, the private investigators put together, that she had made... Uh, EPL claims against other people like Carlos, for example. And in there, you know, this is back in 2004, she listed specific charges, you know, like you mentioned, of abuse and, you know, all this kind of thing. And uh, eight years later, when she was trying to do it to me, she listed the exact same charges she used as the same game plan that she had with Carlos on me, you know, and she probably used the same thing on Carlos that she had on Mike, you know, and then her dad and all this kind of thing. So she knows how to work the system. You know, and how that, you know, she's so constantly up the ante. So she'll try APO and that didn't work, you know, for abusing and then she said, well, it was abusing the kid. And that got investigated. That didn't work. So then she, you know, she escalated to, you know, oh, I'm going to embarrass this guy, you know. It's just constant escalation of charges and allegations over the 18 months. And each time she did that, then, you know, a new agency would get involved and a new agency would investigate. Right. Um, well, Crystal, to speak to what he just said, and I, you can cut this out, I guess, if it's not, if we can't. No, I'm listening to both of this. you every word. But isn't there a taped conversation where Joan actually is telling another individual how they can get over on the system and how it works? Yes. There is. And yes, I think we should out that. I think after the first of the year, I'm not going to do that right now because it's Christmas time and it's icky. And it's uh, it's a, a, it's watching a snake uh, reach up and, you know, try to try to grab something. I mean, it truly is horrifying just listening to her tell these stories. So I figured after the first of the year, yeah, we can just let it let it ride. I think that well, that kind of seems be- to be fitting with what Kit just said about she knows the system and how to work it. 
is what I was thinking. Well, I mean, she she does. And if you listen to that, and we will after the first of the year, I promise. I've been holding on to that. Uh, you, Kit, you paid good money for a private detective, right? Um, so that is part of the private detective stuff that uh, Kit actually paid for. Um, and I, yes, I think we should out it. I think we should absolutely put it out there. At this point, I'm not really worried about harsh. I just think we need to put the facts out there. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah, the facts are that you're right. She's got a uh, pattern. And if we follow the pattern that she has uh, done really since uh, a teenager, because her father fears her as well. Uh, and we know that for a fact. But Kit, I mean, um, do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on this Hail Mary pass? And you know it is a Hail Mary pass, but it's the reconsideration. And if it were to happen that you get a big Christmas present, do we know what's next? I mean, uh, what, what is it, a new trial that we're going for there? Uh, I guess that was the original intent, you know, that's really granted. Um, you know, it's difficult, but what the, the sitting judges, you know, said, and they, you know, they obviously speak better to the law than I can, but it, it opens up a huge hole now in, in Kentucky for the use of hearsay and pleading the fifth now. So if they let it stand like they have right now in order to cover my case, um, then, you know, there's going to be a, it's going to be a problem for all cases in the future. So basically it's, it's open door for all hearsay now. Oh my mm-hmm. God. You know, that is such a big deal. I can't believe every lawyer in the world isn't watching this right now because uh, that's a big, big decision. And they've already made the decision once, and this is for reconsideration. So they made the decision not to grant you uh, or or, or go ahead and uphold the conviction, as it were. So what we're looking for... Right. You remember two of them did not think that is right. Two of them wrote a dissenting opinion that, no, they should not allow that because with hearsay... It painted him in such a bad light that there's no way that the jury's opinion was not tainted from that. Right, and the, the, the judge actually said, you know, this this was actually the only thing they had due to the, you know, he said, I think words were underwhelming evidence in the case is the way he put it. You know, basically, that they didn't have any evidence. They were just using the hearsay uh, to come in. And the hearsay was not included in any of the discovery that I was given um, prior to the trial. Oh. You know, they tried to make that be the plea for a, a five-year to 13-year sentence, you know. Essentially, they said that I probably would go to prison. But yeah. I wasn't going to plead guilty to any kind of felony, you know, or something I didn't do. Uh, and that's why, you know, they went all out in the trial. About 98, 99% of inmates probably, uh, from what I've seen, will take a plea deal because they know the system. And, and you know, they just want to get out of jail because the jail is so miserable. Uh and, you know, that's the way they usually work. They'll offer plea deal. People will take the plea deal, and, and that's it. You know, they, there's a crime. They want some kind of arrest. They get an arrest. They just need some kind of conviction for a win. You know, and then they're all happy in the uh, injustice industry. Oh, injustice industry is right. Hey, I want to just go ahead and give the shout out where it belongs. Judge Jay Nickel and Judge Jay Conley, we can't thank you enough for getting it. Man, you get it. And what happens, and here's exactly what they wrote. These are Supreme Court justices in Kentucky, and they wrote, given the otherwise underwhelming evidence against Martin, I have no doubt the erroneous admission of this irrelevant and extremely prejudicial hearsay evidence warrants reversal. Reversal! 
Unbelievable. Thank you so much again to Judge uh, Nickel and Connolly for uh, seeing the truth in this case for the love of God. That just gave me a little bit of hope for mankind. And again, even though it's a Hail Mary pass, and I understand that, uh, for some reason, they didn't do it before Christmas, and they were supposed to. I think we were supposed to have an answer by like the, the 10th or something like that, right, Stacey? I think it was the 5th, but usually in these cases, there's always extensions granted because for every every time someone makes um, a petition, they the other side has an opportunity to write a rebuttal. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but now it is in chambers. I've been checking it daily, and it's been in chambers since uh, December 1st. Hearsay is all they really had, isn't it, Kit? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I wasn't even aware of it because if it wasn't a discovery, uh, you know, the, there's no DNA. They did 108 DNA, DNA tests, no fingerprints, no eyewitnesses, you know, no ballistics. Actually, all the physical evidence, when you take it all together, you realize it actually shows my innocence. And it showed that somebody was trying really, really hard to set me up. You know, the shell casing showing up five months later, not the right type of shell casing. You know, uh, doesn't match the, the type of bullets used. You know, the, mm-hmm. the bullets used don't match, uh, you know, my gun. Um, the dog tag that was obviously planted, it had, you know, 75% uh, incorrect information. Those were somebody was working really hard to put evidence at the scene weeks and, uh, you know, you have later. One left. To try and you know get get something to happen there, yeah. And uh, you know, so like I said, when you look at, it, I almost thank the prosecutor when I took the stand. He said, "Hey, thank you for proving my innocence from all your expert witnesses." So welcome back. We are the Free Kit Martin podcast now. Um, and that over there is Stacy Stone, the ex-wife, uh, the one and only ex-wife, I'd like to say, of Kit Martin, <laughs> mother of his three children. How are you doing, darling? I'm okay. How are you doing, Miss Crystal? You have done some really good work online, I see, this week. You're up talking to Kit's Warriors, which is great. By the way, there's a Kit's Warriors Facebook page, and you can join us uh, right there on Facebook. We would love to have you. It's a private page. It's called Kit Martin's Warriors. Uh, and you can just uh, send a friend request. It is a private group for obvious reasons. And you can send a friend request and we will add you to the group. And there and there we will keep you updated. And we have uh, Mr. Kit calling right now. So let me pick up the phone. All right. The Kit Martin case attracted national attention. You may remember he was the ex-American Airlines pilot that was convicted. Um, oh, what was it? Three and a half years or so? They finally arrested him two more years. So it was like five and a half years after the murders. They took him down for it. The state hey, of Kentucky. Hey. hey, Crystal, we have Mr. Kitt on the phone again. Well, hello, Mr. Kitt. It's great to have you back. We've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, uh, just uh, out of curiosity, what is a Christmas like? You've done uh, a few of them there now in jail. Uh, what is a Christmas like for an innocent man to be sitting? I know you've got a lot on your mind, but what are you doing to take uh, your mind off of things, and especially on something like Christmas? Yeah, so uh, anything I can. Uh, we just celebrated uh, the Hanukkah. Just finished that. So we had eight days of Hanukkah. You know, we sang songs and uh, lit the Hanukkah lights and, and uh, you know, read scripture, shared scripture together. That's so uh, cool. Yeah, you know, it's been a great opportunity. Uh, I've traveled around a lot in the past and I've gotten to do a lot of things to see, you know, different perspectives. But I never really got a chance to see like, the Jewish perspective. Yeah. And so 
learning a lot about how Jesus, you know, how he would have grown up, the festivals and ceremonies that he would have experienced and participated in. And uh, it's it's really opened my eyes a lot to the scriptures. And, and when he's, you know, when he's saying things, you know, in his parable, things like that, the references that he's making, uh, it's, it's uh, it, you know, it really helps under, with the understanding of that. What a great message here on Christmas, truly, as we lead up to the, you know, we're on the week of leading up to Christmas here. And I know what it's about in my family, what it's always been about growing up as a Christian. You know, this is Jesus' birthday. But um, those in the in the Jewish world and their Hanukkah celebration is truly remarkable. And I'm so glad you got to experience some of that with your Jewish friends there. Yeah, you know, what's cool is we have, uh, you know, we're playing for the church, so... You know, got one buddy who's a Muslim, you know, anybody who's Jewish, you know, the buddies that are Christian. And we all come together and, and play music together, you know, almost every day. Huh. Uh, so that, that's an awesome experience. We Everybody just works together and inspects each other, and, uh, you know, it's a great example. Yeah, and not to mention what it probably does to your soul. I mean, what it does for your soul, rather, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it, you know, so we all learn from each other. And, uh, well, I don't have much music experience, so they, they basically put up with me. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully one day you'll be able to get Todd out there with you, and uh, you can, you can uh, you know, play some of the music that we recorded together and everything. But, uh, yeah, there's some really talented guys in here, and... Uh, you know, I've never really, I was always so busy in the military or in the airlines and everything, and I never really had a chance to, to take the time to learn, you know, music, and I uh, never really had a lot of time either to get into the scriptures like I wanted to. So I'm trying to make a, you know, take advantage of that here, and uh, it's, you know, really been enlightening for me. Yeah. Now, I know that they have a program there for dogs. Um, are you able to get in on any of that action, or... or- uh, they have a program for dogs now. I would love to be in that, uh, because of uh, the allegations that, that Joan made and everything. I'm, I'm not able to do that. So I get to see, uh, I get to see the dogs. And, you know, I get to pet them every once in a while out of the yard. And, uh, they, uh, they they raise these little puppies until they're about two or three months old, and then they uh, try to make them, uh, you know, become service dogs. They they uh, give it to another agency that works in them and make them service. So it's a it's a great benefit uh, to everybody. You know, it, it really helps the inmates. You know, seeing a, you know being able to interact with a cute little puppy. I know. Uh, you know yeah. You know, also, long term effects with service dogs being able to help. You know, veterans and other people that have disabilities or whatever. So it's, it's a great win win all the way around. I think. So let me understand this. She made allegations that would keep you from being able to participate in the dog program, but yet you can preach and teach the Bible and help the people get their GEDs, right? Is that what you just said? Yeah. I did apply for the program. I was told I couldn't, I couldn't be in it. But, you know, I'm glad that other guys are able to do that. And uh, so we're still able to see if Yeah, well, Crystal, we need another Joan episode. I'm seeing. I do oh. agree. I'm. Just, I can't think about anything else right now. Uh, Joan, uh, the banks close on days that we do Joni episodes uh, here on the Free Kit Martin podcast uh, because uh, everybody wants to hear it. Um, and that, I'm telling you, we have got um, a whole fistful, if you will, 
of information that we've just gained in like a week here that we cannot wait yes. to get on and tell you. And I, I let's just do that next week. Let that be the Christmas present for all of these Kit Martin uh, people out here that have been supporting him over the years, you know? Yeah, I'd like to explain how Joan Harmon has suddenly become a wealthy woman, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder who's yeah. following the money. Officially, I don't know if it's officially because I don't know if she's legally done that or not. I will find out. That's a promise. But um, she is now going by Adele Joan Gritton, which I believe was her stepfather's last name. Wow. Yeah, one of her her stepfathers, I believe that's his name. He was uh, actually a sheriff. I met the guy. He was actually a real nice guy. He was a sheriff? I wish when I had that opportunity. Yeah, it was the sheriff in Oregon. Uh, I miss when uh, hmm. it came out when I was at the Naval War, Naval War College, and I got to meet him for a week or so. I wish that had talked to her mother a little bit more, because then I would have found out very quickly that everything she basically told me about her life was all a lie. But I was so busy with uh, with that, uh, you know, the master's program there that I didn't get a chance to really talk in depth with, uh, with her mother. But, uh, you know, all her stories about her family, about her upbringing, Everything was, you know, everything about Carlos, everything about Mike Black, and all this. It was, everything was just like, basically, you know, she didn't even tell her own son that his father was, had been decapitated. And there's crazy stories that were all not true. Yeah. Well, offline, uh, Chris, I'd like to get some more information about the sheriff in Oregon, okay? Yeah, we'll I'd definitely like- do that, too. I That also raised my eyebrows. So her stepfather is a sheriff in Oregon, a nice guy, Kit says. Yeah. He, he was a sheriff. He's retired now, but I mean, he he had he had never met her before, and he only had the amount of time that that he had when he was visiting us. Oh, okay. Uh, and he, yeah, so he and here she I'm is. Sure he's we seen her again after that. She's wielding his last name like a new hat, you know? It's like uh, just unbelievable how many. And also, Joni, she tends to change the children's names, too. I mean, I've seen that a couple of times. EJ. Yeah, she changed Elijah's from um, Elijah Justin. Justin Michael. Yeah. Justin Michael Atkins to um, Justin Elijah, but then she called him EJ, EJ. which she yeah. even got the initials backwards. So. Yeah, she keeps me confused. At yeah. Best. Well, we're going to have a Joni episode for well, Christmas. Yeah, she, did that too. she did that to keep him from his father and um, just basically kidnapped him from his father, Michael Atkins. And then uh, after she, you know, had him, uh, you know, telling him that his father had been decapitated for 18 years, right before Elijah turned 18, he went back to the child support services in Oregon and requested the back child support for 18 years. So, you know, she really messed up. She really messed up Michael over really badly. But yeah, as you can see on the, uh, if we have it in the timeline, you can see where she was changing his name and saying that my uncle Atkins wasn't the father, that he was the father, that Anthony wasn't the father, and then when she wanted the money, he was uh, he was the father again. So um, yeah, especially the life to her, to her children, and everybody that she pretty much ever encountered. I think. So let's, um, if you don't mind, let's quickly go over this real quick because I'm trying to digest this. I'd like for our listeners to be able to. We got um, 
someone that was Major Kit Martin in the military, never a traffic citation, uh, not, not even a traffic citation, no trouble with the law ever. We've got that. He's sitting in prison for three murders, an American hero. At, at, I mean, that's the least we could say. He is that. Mm -hmm. And then on this side, we've got whatever her name is today, Joan Adele, Carmen, Martin, Gara, whatever it is. And she has changed birth certificates, forged to get passports. She has accused her husband of being decapitated. We find his head is attached. She's made accusations against every man she's ever known for some type of abuse. And she's out there running free. Yeah. No, 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 it, no. No is not right. To work that way. Yeah. No. So for Christmas, that's what we're going to give you. Uh, next week, you get another Joni episode because we just keep learning more. And we can't keep our mouths shut around here, can we? <laughs> I mean, it's just time that you start hearing these Joni stories because really we feel like there's some sort of, there, there's something missing in this whole equation. And that's that she's free and you're not, Kit. I can't even believe it. Yeah, what was really interesting is when uh, you know, I got Mike, my uh, PI, to do the background checks, he actually talked to her, her mother, her father, and her sister, and each of them spoke for about two hours, and the stories that they told were just unbelievable. I mean, she basically had been a you know, sociopath her whole life, um, and of course, that wasn't allowed in a trial, um, but uh, yeah, we have the recordings of that. Just as we have the recordings of her, um, you know, trying to tell a woman who was actually another private investigator that, uh, you know, she, her daughter should, um, you know, not divorce her husband. She just kidnapped the children, uh, you know, and run off with them, you know, and it, uh, basically uh, spouting bigamy and, and things like that. Same things that she basically does. Yeah. It's, it's, the system can be so manipulated and there's no national database for like emergency protective orders. So, uh, a person can, you know, abuse those systems really bad and you don't have a way of finding out about it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, um, so you can have a chronicle serial accuser uh, like what you hear with her and, and there's no real protection for you. You can do background checks and they won't show up. Um, so that's unfortunate. Hopefully that can be changed one day. Well, I'm wondering, of course, we watch this stuff on TV, how much of it is true, how much of it's not. But I'm wondering when we're when we are granted a new trial, is it possible for her to have be required to go under psychological evaluation? Because we aren't qualified for that. We can see what's happening. We're, common sense could tell you this, but um, I've heard psychopath, I've heard sociopath, and in my experience with her, she's both. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. So actually, had some psychiatrists call me. Uh, after the trial and based off of information that they had read and seen and stuff, they you know, were telling me, um, you know, some of the stuff. And I actually had other people uh, mail me checklists of, you know, sociopaths and, and, uh, and everything and, and basically checked every box, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but it, it, it's definitely something that should have been brought in. Uh, but when a person's, you know, allowed to plead the fifth, you know, and not even in front of the jury, and the jury doesn't know anything about all this, you know, it makes it really difficult. Um, so, like I said, hopefully there's there could be some system and changes in the system down the road. Yeah. And, uh, the part is, you know, especially with military service members, this is really going on with service members. And there are people out there putting uh, websites telling them how to falsely accuse a military service member. 
mm. how to get all the free benefits that are that are uh, available. You know, you basically just have to pick a guy out or or a female out. You know, and and they're you know uh, like to bring us over, and um, it works for civilians and other people that are in the, in the service. So. I mean, this right now in the service is just running rampant, and you actually got to serve 90 days out there in Leavenworth and see it for yourself. How many of those people that did you, that you served with do you really feel are innocent? Almost all of them. And like I said, I was talking with somebody the other day when I when I was in processing, and there was a, a, uh, an MPI sergeant who sat down with me, and he basically said straight up, look, we know most of you shouldn't be here. It's just the politics of the day right now. So, you know, just suck it up and deal with it. You know, my, my jaw hit the table, I think, when I heard that, because he's basically admitting, you know, the system is biased. Um, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a political game right now. Um, Senator Gillibrand is, you know, used it as a presidential platform. Uh, she pushed all this, you know, raised these issues that there's some sort of technical assault epidemic in the military. And when you throw out all kinds of benefits, you know, we're talking, you know, Joan was going to get close to a quarter million dollars for her allegations. You're going to have a lot of false accusers coming out of the woodwork. And like I said, there's websites out there where people are telling other people how to abuse the system. You know, and Joan had studied, you know, while we were supposedly married, you know, um, for eight years. See, that's what she did. She researched the system. And when you're a soldier or, you know, a service member, Navy, Marines, whatever, you have to fight two systems at the same time. You have to fight the civilian allegations, and then you also have to fight the military allegations. And you find out very quickly you don't have much of a chance with either. Um, now, I was very successful with, on the Kentucky side, I won the EPO hearing, which has almost never happened. I won, you know, the Child Protective Service hearings and things like that. But in the end, you know, it ultimately it didn't do me any good. You know, I'm still here at the end of the day. So you can destroy, you know, she threatened to destroy me if I divorced her. And that's exactly what she was able to do. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, you know, I think that the fact that you, it's really unheard of to win those EPO hearings and things like that, but you did. And actually, I think that has, you know, gives us some solid ground to stand on now because that doesn't usually happen. And what we have to have is an attorney to put the pieces together of how one case directs is directly related to the other one, in my opinion, because she was afraid she wasn't going to get that quarter of a million dollars, which ultimately I think she did lose because she lost those EPOs. Oh, and, we don't know that. You know, all those, we don't all know those that. Issues. we got to follow the money a little more to find out that information, but we will find out. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe she got that, but we can follow that and find out because he had to be found guilty of those 15, 14 or 15 charges he had. she had against him, which he was not found guilty. Right. So that's a motive within itself for murder, in my opinion. My goodness, my goodness. Big old words. And again, this is our opinion on and and, and for educational purposes only and content purposes only. But um, I'm telling you what, this is one of the biggest stories I could ever imagine. And the other just a little while ago, I was talking to Stacy Kitt and she said, this is a lifetime uh, movie, isn't it? I said, no, this is like a movie that opens in the box office and makes 125 million in the first day. You know, because uh, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. I mean, it is like yeah, an, this is like a combination of uh, fatal attraction and uh, basic instinct. That's exactly it. I am. I'm all for people that have been abused to come forward, and I think you know they should definitely be taken seriously. But 
when you have somebody who's found to be lying and they were about to ruin a person's life, you know, and, and sentence them to, to prison for, you know, decades based off of those allegations, when they've been found lying, then they should be forced to take that punishment. They should go to prison for decades. I know, agree. Agreed. And I think that would stop this, this uh, epidemic of false accusations that we have. Um, mm -mm -mm. But unfortunately... You know, it, there's a lot of abuse going on, and you know, there's a there's a whole generation of men, uh, especially that are paying price for the sins of other generations, and um, this the system really needs to be rebalanced uh, in a bad way. Yes, it does. And you know, when you were speaking, then I thought, well, why wasn't Joan? You know, she they just took her word for it that she had some alibi, which we never heard what that was. But you know, I thought, why did why didn't they have her to take up? polygraph or lie detector test and then I thought well that's scary because she's such a in my opinion psychopath or sociopath she believes her own lies in my opinion yeah. and could possibly pass it yeah or maybe they did and she uh, terribly failed you know miserably failed and we will never know about that you know so there's always that kind of stuff too just kind of slid under the rug a lot of snakes in this particular story as well. Um, Kit, you uh, sound strong, and I think that uh, that makes that gives me some some hope and and everything. I uh, I worry a little bit, and I know your your lady here that you once married and had three children with uh, worries as well. And we we've shed a little tears, but I know her tears are so from the heart and soul. And uh, you are. Uh, being protected by prayer, and uh, we have you on our minds at all times. Okay, we lost him. I Didn't think, lose him. He just he yeah. only has a certain amount of time. Yeah. So, so I hope he got to hear all that. Um, man, Stacy, can I just say you're the strongest woman I know, and I'm honored. Oh, I don't know about all that. Well, and I'm honored to be in your life, in both of your lives. I think the two of you are really, really special people. And uh, I can't even believe this could happen to a human being like he is. Like you said, he's just this black and white kind of, you know, he's got this black and white thing. There is just no gray area. And uh, that's, um, that's probably where, you know, obviously we're divorced. And so there was things, maybe we were both so strong minded. Maybe that was a part of the issue. But um, we did see eye to eye on that. There was yeah. black and white and there was no gray. And his integrity and his moral fiber was really my first attraction to him because yeah. I knew that he would be a good father and he would be a good husband. And, you know, because I saw that his ethics and I mean, you're ta we're talking about a man that I mean, it's sick. I think I've told this story before 16 years old. He get, you know, he's going to go take his his family says to him, you know, you can go get your driver's license now. And he says, no, you know what? I don't think I'm responsible enough to do that yet. Unbelievable, what yeah. What Who does that? What year old turns down an opportunity to drop? I mean, he just was, you know, he always tried to do the right thing. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a broken record. I've said it so many times. But that's why I'm in such major shock that this could happen in our system. And, you know, Crystal, you said I'm the strongest. No, no. It's all of you out there who don't even know him, have never met him. Most of you I haven't met. I have been blessed to meet Crystal now. 
But you are standing beside this man because of your belief in him. And to me, you all right now are the heroes. And we appreciate it so very much. Hang on. He's calling back, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Receiving calls from this facility. Press 6. What, what do I press to get him on here? To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse there he is. Securus. You may start the conversation now. Hey, you called my phone now. Now I got control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I can hear you. <laughs> hey, I just uh, want you to know, you know, our tears are real. Our prayers are real. We have been uh, praying really hard. Uh, anything that we do on the outside with our group, you know, there's a group of us. When we meet, we start it with a prayer. And um, I just want you to know that. I just want you to know how how much we know that works, and I know you do too. And as you try to follow the life of Jesus here, and you really have been in prison, you have um, you have done just such a great job of inspiring the rest of us, you know. And I I just can't. Uh, first of all, thank you, and uh, secondly, ha- happy holidays, dear friend. Um, we are going to do everything we can to get you out. Twenty twenty four may be your year. Well, I really appreciate it, and uh, you know, I, there's been so many people that have, that have you know, come forward and you know, email me and, and send me letters and everything over the over the years, and I just, I really appreciate that and, and all your efforts, and I just want to you know wish everybody you know happy holidays, and uh, you know, consider like you said, uh, hope 2024 is better for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, so I thank you so much to, to everybody. Yeah, uh, man. And. Uh, Yeah, and Stacy is the ultimate podcast partner. So here's, I think, the plan kit. When you get out, uh, let's start saving our heroes. Like, let's start this. Let's put this into a different gear and give you something, some real hope here. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start it with the Kit Martin story, which will end up being this big movie and, and obviously the book. I want to mention that book again. Emilio Corsetti wrote, I Will Ruin You. It's the wrongful convictions and the, there's an S with parentheses around it on conviction because we're talking about the court martial and the conviction in uh, civil or in the uh, in the uh, criminal court as well in Christian County, Kentucky. But um, he has got a book coming out uh, here, and it could drop as early as February. So that's days away. Uh, that's within a couple of months here, and. Fingers are crossed that that happens. If, if it doesn't drop in February, it's early March. And I truly believe that's a game changer. Do you, Stacey? I do. Yes. I mean, when you take an author who knew nothing of any of us, and he said, I'm not forming initial opinions. Is he guilty? Is he innocent? I don't know, he says. He starts from the beginning. He investigates himself. And he says by the end of his book, Kent Martin is 100% innocent. You can listen to episode two of the Free Kit Martin podcast. Take a listen to Emilio tell some of the stories. We went into some alternative theories. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, Emilio has done all of his theories based on evidence. And it's absolutely fascinating. We all have our different theories on what may have really happened here. But what we know for sure is that there's a killer or killers running loose and an innocent man is sitting in prison right now and that is what this is all about it's called the free kit martin podcast because we are what we are and we say what we will and i think that a a joni episode is in order little miss stacy it's got to happen like here in the next week for christmas for all of these people following the kit martin story i think so i mean i think it's got to be clear with anybody with any 
I mean, you know how direct I am, and I may offend some people, but that's just who I am. And I think it's just painfully obvious who is really running around out there. I mean, that is my opinion. Uh, and I won't um, let that go until I take my last breath. Some, we're going, and well, I won't let getting Kit out of prison go. Yeah. You know, it's not our job to prove who did it. But it almost seems like, unfortunately, the system is structured in such a way that if we don't prove it, then we're going to have trouble getting him out. Because I'm not certain that the way the injustice system is now, it's more about processes and structure and the way things and all these mumble jumbo laws. It's not about truth. And that bothers me. That oh, bothers man. me a lot. It's got to bother you, too, doesn't it, Kit? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I've experienced it now firsthand. I've, I've seen it happen to hundreds of other people. And, you know, I didn't see it on TV, watching, you know, like, like Oxygen Channel and stuff like that. You know, we see the cases, and there's absolutely no evidence. Sometimes there's not even a body. They don't even know somebody's actually been murdered. You know, just somebody's missing. And, uh, you know, once an arrest is made, it, they, uh, it just piles on. You know, you have the, uh, we were doing the class today, a counseling class, and there, they, a guy wrote a paper, and he, he called it the, uh, the trauma, the drama, and the lies. You know, he, he, he talked about how, you know, the, the way the system is set up, it doesn't really matter. The, you know, the police know that once they get an arrest, you know, if there's a crime, they just need to make an arrest. It doesn't matter if they get the right person, you know, and then they check that block, and then they, they kick that over to a prosecutor, and a prosecutor just wants to get some sort of conviction. And like I said before, usually 98, 99% of the time, guys will take a plea deal because they, they're rotting away in jail, they're, you know, they're pressured into it, and they know the consequences if they don't. You know, it's very rare that you get somebody who's kind of pig-headed like me and won't plead guilty to something they didn't do. So I went from, you know, a possibility of, of five years to four life sentences. You know, and that's an example to everybody else. If you don't take a plea deal, wham, this is what's going to be done to you. And you wouldn't you know, take so a plea deal because you didn't do it. I mean, it was just your own principle. You're like, hell no, I'm not going to take a pr plea deal. And it was, what, five to 13 years that they offered you? Yeah, I just so, out of the jail yeah. if I took it. And it was the same with the military. You know, like I said, I did this three-hour polygraph. They knew I hadn't done anything. They knew I wasn't a spy, like she claimed. And they hadn't abused anybody. Um, they had, you know, all this other evidence. And I was cleared of everything. But... They wanted me to take an Article 15, which is a minor uh, punishment, but it, is, it will screw up an officer's career. And, you know, I said, no, I won't do that. And they said, well, you have to take an Article 15 and plead guilty to it, or we're going to, you know, court-martial. And I was like, okay, fine, we'll go court-martial. So what did they do? They, they piled on, you know, went from a, uh, a petty theft charge to... 14 charges facing 15 years, you know. And uh. they're like, well, do, well, you just resign. Well, you just resign. And I was like, no, I won't just resign. And we'll go to court-martial, you know. And, uh, again, they essentially won that court-martial. You know, they, they got me for a couple misdemeanors. And they're always going to get you for something. That's just the way the system is. But I've, I've faced, you know, life before. I faced it, and I won it then. You know, and they when uh, Kentucky did this to me, it was very politically motivated. Um, by the attorney general, then attorney general, uh, now governor. And they thought they could just punt it over to the Army. And they knew that you know, the Army could basically get any kind of win with any kind of charge. And the Army wouldn't touch it. They, they said, no, there, there's nothing in this, this case. There's no evidence here to warrant a murder trial. And we won't do it. They took it back to the Attorney General. So Dear they got God. And then, you know, they offered me the plea deal, thinking, well, 
take that. And, you know, and I wouldn't, you know, and um, I remember my lawyer coming in, you know, so I was facing the death penalty at that point. He came in and said, they're offering you five to 13. He tells me, he says, that tells me everything. He tells me that knows that they know they don't have any kind of case here. And I was like, well, yeah, I know that. And I was like, look at the cell phone data, look at my security video footage. You know, I was at home with three witnesses. They know I didn't do this. Uh, but again, it doesn't really matter in the long run. Uh, you know, if you get an officer, a police officer, or somebody to lie, you know, as they did, um, and he even admitted he lied to get the indictment. You know, once they get that arrest, you're on the media. You know, it was all over Fox and CNN, you know, airline pilots did blah, blah, blah. Most people have formed their opinion right there without knowing anything about the case. Oh, he's arrested. He's guilty. Same when you walk into a trial. When you walk into a courtroom, they say, well, they arrested him. They're, they're prosecuting him. He must be guilty. You know, right, I mean, right. And, you know, you know, look at the David Can case. That was a police officer. He was playing a basketball game with five to eight people. Well, his wife and each other also were murdered. So he's facing all that trauma. And the, the, the trauma of losing his family. And uh, they, they convicted him uh, twice, I think, in a courtroom, uh, even though he was innocent. But just like that Harry's Law episode that we put up on TikTok from a few years back, at what point do your conscience get the best of you? And I've got to ask you that, Judge Atkins. I've got to ask you that, Barbara Whaley. At what point does your conscience catch up with you? Because, wow. And anybody who chose to deceive, and that could be Scott Smith, there's a whole lot of alleged uh, conspirators, if you will, and so we'll just leave it at that, and let's do a Joni episode for Christmas for these beautiful people, shall we, on Christmas? Amen. Yes. Amen. We can do that. We're going to do that for Christmas well, the, for, yeah. for the Kit Martin people. Well, and the only good thing about this is, was, the, you know, that, that the, the book's coming out, but they can watch the trial on Court TV. You know, they can watch the Dateline episode. They can see for themselves firsthand. So that was the one saving grace of this whole experience to me was that Court TV and we thank God for them every day. We really do. Yeah, you can see the lies and the manipulations of evidence firsthand. That, you know, people don't have to take our word for it. It's all, it's all right there. Right yeah. in color. So just end this with a big happy holidays to your followers there, Kip. Yeah, again, like I said, I, I just really appreciate you and everybody out there and, and all the support that I've been given. It's been a, it's been a really a real blessing to me and my family. And like I said, I hope you know, we can change things, uh, not just for me, but for a lot of people out there. Um, I've seen so much, you know, so many people that have been falsely convicted and, and having their lives ruined, um, you know, by, a, in a, like I said, the injustice industry now that we have. Now. So yeah. a lot of changes need to be made uh, to write this. And uh, like I said, I just uh, appreciate everybody and wish them uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Happy holidays. Stacy. Love you, girl. I want to wish everybody happy holidays, but we'll be back next week with you. Thank you so much, Kit. And thank you, Crystal. Yes. And by the way, hit us up, freekitmartin at gmail.com. Let us know anything you know. We're still looking for Joni, and we're quite uncomfortable with not knowing where she's at. So if you know Joan Adele, Gritton, Harmon, what's her name, uh, do let us know at freekitmartin at gmail.com, or just hit us up to say hi and let us know you're following along. We certainly appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye.